everyone, Shannon Tipton here, and welcome to the Learning Rebels Coffee Chat, where all the cool L&D peeps hang out. Now, while you're here, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on future chats. Today, the cool kids were talking about productivity ecosystems. Let's face it, we're at a time where we're all feeling overworked and overwhelmed. And if you're feeling this right now, this coffee chat is for you. Because sometimes all you need is just a little nudge or a tip or a really helpful tool to help you refocus and breathe. Because here's the thing, we all have a finite number of minutes to add joy to our lives. Do we wanna waste them on being stressed over endless to-do lists and endless pressures? So the question on the table today is, what tools, tips, or techniques do you use to keep yourself productive and your mental health intact. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right, here we are. Coffee chat, how to boost your productivity ecosystem. You know, I think we all struggle with this right now, especially with the speed of work being what it is. I don't think that I've experienced anything like this in all of my years of being in this industry or just being in the workplace period. It seems as though we hit the pause button to a certain degree over the course of the pandemic. And now that things are starting to sort of get back to normal, it's like business just exploded. And now everybody wants to do everything all the time. And it's just as stressful and it's a little overwhelming. I felt as though this topic would be important. And I ran it past a few of our peeps here and I said, what do you guys think? And productivity was when that came up. So here we are. I thought also when I put together the 30-day productivity challenge, but I thought it might be interesting to take this and maybe help us to develop some good habits. Because you'll notice that on the checklist itself, there are some things that say, you know, prioritize your day, pick the most important thing you want to accomplish today. But there are other things there, like when you wake up, drink a glass of water because now you're hydrated and your brain can work. So it's both taking care of what we're trying to accomplish during the course of the day, as well as trying to take care of ourselves and be kinder to ourselves. So I'm curious now, question on the table, what are you doing to keep yourself, to keep your productivity mojo kind of up and running? Or conversely, where is your struggle when we're talking about productivity and getting things done? Not really getting things done. I misspoke there. It's getting what matters most done. So over to you. What are you doing or what are your struggles? I'm in the struggle bus. You're in the struggle bus? Okay. <laughs> I think after things have loosened, my company basically is ignoring the fact that there's still issues out in the world. So everything's just normal, normal, fine. And that's causing some balance issues, but also, you know, the requirement to be in the office and all the distractions that are there, it's causing a lot of other problems with getting things done. So you mentioned Heather easily distracted by shiny things or by conversations with human beings still. (laughs) 
And then there is way too much work. We're severely under-resourced and we're going into a recession, so it's probably going to stay that way. And, you know, I have to be grateful that I'm so far secure in my role, but everything is a priority. And it's really hard for me to kind of suss out what to start on first. So I get into analysis paralysis and then I wind up doing nothing. Yeah, I bet that sounds familiar. Anyone else in that same struggle bus? Rebecca, I see you emphatically nodding, not just nodding, but emphatically nodding. (laughs) I feel for you, Jennifer, because I feel like we have similar things in my team. One thing that I find a struggle, I'm a natural procrastinator and I have been since I was in high school doing my assignments the night before and I never really got past that procrastination and anxiety of like I can't do this I'm really shit at this I really don't know what I'm doing like and then I get to a point where the panic is so real and that's what tips me into actually starting on the work and I've always admired people that do multiple drafts of things because I've never been like that I find that one of the things that I struggle with in terms of productivity is changing priorities from my manager. So she's very enthusiastic, but she freely admits she completely doesn't understand what I do and what my job is. So one thing I get pulled into a lot because I have skills in that area is doing graphic design for our team. And I also do a podcast for our team as well. So it's like, oh, we need you to finish working on this online course. We need to get this done before our grant year. But I also, oh, have you done this podcast yet? Because I need that. But, oh, that's not the priority. But then it'll be, oh, we want you to update our PowerPoint templates for us, or we want you to make templates for our <laughs> website. And I'm like, oh, just, just pick a priority and stick with it, right? Yeah. You know, we'll hear about some kind of engagement tool and get fixated on it. Will ask me to do the research and how we can use it. And I do that. And then months go by and then she'll bring it up again. Like on Monday, 10 minutes before our weekly meeting, she said, oh, so do you think you could talk to us about Padlet today? And I just said, no, no. (laughs) And I was really proud of myself for saying no, because normally I'm like, oh my God, I have to do it. I have to. And I get really stressed and anxious, but I was just like, no. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think the, the power of no becomes really important when we think about productivity and how we handle our days. And how many of you, are in the habit of tracking your time. Anyone out there doing that? I'll tell you. And I use a tool called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, and it's free. Don, shaking your head. Don, are you familiar? I've heard of it. I've not used it. I know that there's a Chrome extension for it, and it makes it super easy to use. So whenever you start a task, all you do is turn it on. And so when you turn it on, a little window pops up and asks you, what is it that you're doing? And then you put in what you're doing and then you let it run until you change whatever um, activity that you're doing. And then you turn it off and turn it back on again. And I tell you, I've only just been enlightened about tools. And I've known that that particular tool has been out there for a while. I'm kind of with you, Rebecca. It's, I always seem to be 
at the last minute. Oh, 9.45, I guess I better write a one hour to go email for everybody. You know, it's like, oh, I guess I better do that. And so that's, that's kind of my world too. And when a coach, a coach of mine suggested to me, Shannon, maybe you better start tracking your time so you can figure out where you're spending your minutes. And I thought, oh, that's just so persnickety. But then she showed me this tool. And because it's so easy to use, I started using it. And the awareness that comes out of that was just mind-blowing. How much time you spend doing things that don't really matter. And at first, I was not tracking the time where I was answering emails. I wasn't tracking the time if I went to go look up something on YouTube. So now I started tracking that time and I found that I was spending a lot of time falling down a rabbit hole, more time than I thought. You know, so you go to YouTube to find that one tutorial and then an hour later, you know, baby goat videos. And you're really not aware until you see that toggle report come back and then you do the math and you're like, holy cow, how much of my time is really being spent on shiny objects and not what's on matters most. So if my first tip for you guys is to start tracking your time and that tool is free. And like I said, it has an extension, which makes it super easy to use. We have a capacity analysis spreadsheet that we use in our group. And it's sort of broken out by areas of projects. And then you put in the specific project that you're working on. So I had to do this for trying to request resources, basically. You know, there's L&D, there's project management, there is development time, and then there's administrative time, like the logistics of getting everything up and running. And then there's the strategy and planning and stakeholder meetings, relationship building. Those are the categories. So I would put all of the different projects underneath that. And then I went, I had to go backwards because he needed it right away. And so I just assessed, you know, based off of my meetings, my deliverables, all of that kind of stuff, how much time I was spending in each category. Mm -hmm. It's much more complicated than Toggle. I don't recommend that. (laughs) It's just what I had to do. And then I was told we're not getting any resources. So all for naught anyway. Oh, no. And that's kind of frustrating too, isn't it? When you spend time doing something and you find out that nobody's going to use this information. Yeah, I included the whole day that I spent on it in it, so. Oh, good, (laughs) good. And I think that goes to what Rebecca was talking about earlier. And sometimes this is our own fault. And so Jennifer, I really love that you included that time on that report. Because a lot of times what happens as L&D people, people come to us and they ask us to do something. And, you know, because we're the nicer side of HR, sorry, any HR people who are listening, we have a tendency not to say no. And we try to squeeze in all of these other priorities. And we don't tell people what the effort is, you know, because people come to us and they say, can you create a course, but I need it next week. We don't tell people that really that's unrealistic. And this is why we just make it happen. And now what we've done is we've effectively trained the organization to think that we can do this, right? And so some of it's our own fault because we don't take the time to really explain what goes behind everything that we do. So Jennifer, I really appreciate that you added that. Kimberly, tell me about... Laura Vanderkam. Yeah. She's done a lot of the time management 
blogs and writing for the last several years. She's got lots of books on it in terms of time management tips for productivity and, and things like that. So, so she's a lot of fun to track. I think she's got several articles and stuff out there, but she also has this challenge where you can track your time. So she had some timesheets and stuff, but I like your idea of toggle better, but you can track it in like 15 minute or 30 minute increments. Look at your whole day and see, you know, am I spending enough time with family? Am I spending enough time on tasks? But like you said, finding where your runaway minutes and stuff are. But that's a great tool and it might be a good complement to the productivity challenge. And perhaps, Shannon, there's something you two could do together. Oh, yeah. You and Laura Vanderkam. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> ah, that's a really good idea. I should reach out. I'm going to make a note. I love that. And Maureen. Talk to me about your mid-year review. What is that all about? So I have a hard time. I mean, I get like overwhelmed or paralyzed. And part of it's the procrastination. And part of it's just like, I don't even know where to start kind of thing. And so she recommended using, first of all, we use Mural. So using a Mural board to just kind of do my own brain dump, but to think in terms of like, what do I know about something? What do I need to know? And how am I going to go about getting it? So this is mostly for the analysis stage of projects that I'm working on, because she also every conversation is like, okay, well, based on that, what is your next action you're going to take? And so just focusing on that one action, and I have a difficult time even articulating, like, I don't know what my action is. So it's helping get it out of my brain and then onto paper or sticky notes online. It helps to say like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is everything. This is kind of the full picture. Because before I can go and use task cards and planner in Microsoft Teams, I needed to break it down into like little baby steps, like things so that I can have that satisfaction of crossing it off the, <laughs> the list. <laughs> right? There's a lot of satisfaction in doing that. Right. And I mean, and the other thing was even using like for me, the Pomodoro method, because I have focus issues. So it's like, okay, be very focused for a set amount of time with the timer. But she said to think in terms of what would be rewards I can identify for myself, like rewards for when I get something done to identify myself so that I'm, I can get stuff done. It's like, okay, I have this focus time. I'm going to get this done. And then here's how I'm going to like treat myself for getting things done. So mm -hmm. I need in some ways like those time boundaries so that I don't get distracted by other things and just focus on those. And then with the procrastination, I put something in there about monkey brain. If you watch the video about monkey brain and mm -hmm. procrastination is very funny. But even Brian Tracy years ago had like eat that frog. So you like right. identify like what is the thing you want to do the least or you're mm -hmm. dreading it the most. And to think of that as a frog, I mean, just like do that first so that anything else after that, the rest of the day is easy because you've already gotten like the worst thing out of the way or the hardest thing for you. So instead of it always being at the back of my head, like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this. It's like, okay, if I do it first, then everything else is easy. I'm better at giving advice and taking my own, but I do have like my own, I have this little glass frog from the corn and glass factory. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I used to make my to-do lists and goal like setting, like my frog list. <laughs> Your frog list. I, I love that. <laughs> Don, <laughs> frog emoji. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> but I love that idea of frog list, actually, right? And that's the stuff that we're not looking forward to doing, but we know we have to do. The other thing that you said that I really liked and appreciated was sort of backing into this. So saying, I'm only going to give myself an hour 
to work on X, right? Rather than the other way around, I'm timing it to see how much time I'm spending on a certain activity. But if I put parameters around it, then maybe we might be more compelled to say, I've got a timer going. Maybe you set your phone timer, right? I got an hour to get this done. But I really appreciate that thought, Maureen. And I do like the idea of things I know, things I need to know, how will I find it? I think that's a great exercise to be able to go through. And I'm always a big fan of using sticky notes or a mural board or Jamboard, you know, just for yourself to kind of break these tasks down and then putting them onto your to-do list to see what is it that needs to be done today. And with my time management skills, it's not as though I lack them. It's just that I don't use them. You know, years ago, I used to teach, you know, the Franklin Covey that what matters most course. And I used to do that all of the time. So you think that I would take those ideas, right? But the one idea that I do use is the planning for the day, planning for the week, planning for the month. These are the things that I need to do. I have to get these things done this week, but these are the things that need to be done this month. And so now can I chunk that down to using, what can I do this week to try to get this monthly goal down? So that I do, I do utilize that. But let me ask you guys this question. When it comes to to to-do lists, how are you doing that? Here's my dilemma. I have a to-do list everywhere. I use Google Tasks. So when a task comes through on my email, I send it to Google Tasks. I have my iPad list. And then I have assorted sticky note lists, things that were not worthy of being put on an iPad, but yet I don't want to forget it. (laughs) Right. So I find I've got bits and bobs of to-do stuff in a variety of different places. Now, anybody else struggle with that or am I alone? Okay. Rebecca, I see Maureen. Yeah. Collections of papers that I carry around. And that just seems to be, you write things down on whatever it is in your hands. If I got a notepad or a sticky notepad or something on me, then I, yeah, exactly. I've got a bajillion of those notepads everywhere. Oh, pieces of paper. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just stuff for days and getting that stuff organized. I have to admit, I've gotten better because I made a commitment to keep my to-do list on my iPad and I use GoodNotes for that because I can create tabs. So I have tabs for like notes for this coffee chat notes for just a general to-do list, my general business ideas and business notes. And I use that app, you know, on my iPad. And I find that now I'm a little bit better about not putting my lists everywhere. But I'm also, I do use Google Tasks. So anybody here using Google Tasks? So if you use Gmail, Google Tasks is a great feature because what you can do when you open up an email, you have options there and you can save that email as a task. And so it goes to your Google to-do list, which is a beautiful thing. It's just a one click and off it goes. And so that way you don't have to also keep the emails. So talking about emails, if you've got a bajillion emails because you're keeping them because that's your de facto to-do list, right? Then that's one way to manage that. Now, does Outlook have something like that? I've used it briefly in Outlook. So you can just sort of tag it to your task list. And you can also create separate entries for things that aren't related to an email as well. And then you can set timers for reminders. There you go. My struggle with that is I started it and it was working fairly well, but then I ran out of time to 
keep updating it. So oh. with the stuff that wasn't in the, the emails. Oh, okay. So you can't add anything manually to it? You can, but I stopped doing it because I ran out of time. Because I ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, you know, do you run out of time to get gas? <laughs> Not when it's cheap. <laughs> and you're waiting until the gas light goes ding, ding, ding. And I think that's an interesting analogy here is so when we're driving around, we're waiting for the gas light to ping to remind us to go get gas before you run out of gas headed to the next block. And we kind of do that to ourselves too. We rush through and we forget about the energy personally that it takes to maintain this. Let me ask you this. Now let's flip it just a little bit. So we've talked about struggles that we have as far as productivity is concerned and some ideas that we've taken away here. Chunking your to-do list is really important. And I put that article in the last email that I sent out using some sort of reminder system, you know, whether it's Outlook or it's Google. And for me, it's using GoodNotes on my iPad. So if you guys don't have that app and you have an iPad, highly recommend it. And then also about keeping track of your time. Now, what about you? How are you managing your own mental space? What does your workspace look like? Let's talk about that. So I think that a cluttered, and I have no room to talk, I'm all about the piles. I have piles and piles and piles and piles of stuff. But I know every time I clean off the top of my desk and I clean out my office, I always feel better. How good are we at keeping track of that? Anyone here is a clean off my desk at the end of the night type of person? Yeah, I'm really more of a not have anything on my desk to begin with. Like one, I don't do well with paper and I don't do well with clutter. Okay. And then I'm working in a hybrid environment. So a couple of days a week I'm at home and a couple of days a week I'm in the office. So, you know, the laptop's going back and forth. So to minimize what I'm carrying, you know, not having to deal with leaving something behind in one place or the other. Electronic just really works well for me. And then my workspace is, you know, anything that are supplies, like they're in a drawer so that they're out of sight. And, you know, I have a cup of water and my, my ear pods and on my desk and that's it. And like for my home space, my workplace is in the middle of the living dining room. So at the end of the day, the laptop goes in a drawer out of sight. And that's kind of like my mental break of the work day is done. But yeah, I need a clutter free. So like my desk doesn't ever get cluttered because I just, I don't put anything on it. <laughs> I do not have that willpower. But personally, like behind me, you can't see it. Like my dining room table right now is covered with mail and personal stuff. And like, that's my goal this weekend because I'm not functioning well personally right now mm -hmm. because of all that clutter behind me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great when we can recognize that I think sometimes we rebel against it. We feel better when we have this environment that's organized around us, yet we kind of rebel against doing it. I don't know why, but I'm with you because I've got also that dining room table that's got mail and stuff all over it. And I, I made also, interestingly enough, I've made a plan this weekend to clear all of that out too. So you and I are going to be working in the same universe, you know, making that happen. But it's interesting because a friend of mine wanted me to take a picture of my setup. So this setup that's in front of me. And I was like, oh, I got to clean that up. 
before I sent her a picture of this because I have highlighters and post-it notes and, you know, from all of our conversations everywhere. So I actually yesterday spent, and it didn't take me long, spent about 15 minutes cleaning off the top of this desk and the surrounding area so I could take a good picture so she can get an idea of what my setup is. And then once again, I told myself, I need to start doing this more often because it just feels better mentally. So what other tricks are you using, you know, to keep yourself in a good mental space, to keep yourself from not being overstressed or overwhelmed? What are you using? I spend quite a lot of time on writing frog lists. (laughs) And my list always starts with a name because I like talking to people. You know, I don't like doing work. I shift my mindset And of course, the frog list starts with Stella. So there are about 10 things I have to do. But then I have my colleague Eva, my colleague Mareike, and I have about 10 colleagues or other people and all the things I have to discuss with them to move forward. Because in any case, I'm not alone. Everything I do has to be agreed upon. So I have my to-do list uh, working with colleagues. And that's very helpful because sometimes the subjects are very different. So I highlight the most important points in yellow. And I start with the most important point. And then I tell my colleague, oh, I have to look on my, my list. Oh, there are two other small points I wanted to discuss with you anyhow. And then I scribble a little bit with my pencil. And I do this big list every month or so, or every two months. And then when I look at the old list, I think it's great. I've done so many things. And this helps me to to get started, you know, not to feel so alone, but to feel connected. And 80% of my tasks are with another person. So it's not a task, it's connecting with other people and discussing something. I love that. Such a good idea. You know, to start your day off talking to somebody else. And then when I go on holiday, I have made already some appointments with my colleagues. So in three weeks to discuss the subject further. So it's not getting the task done, but meeting the people and do something together. Great idea. And I love where you said that you kind of segmented your to-do list by people. You know, so this is what I have to do with, Jennifer or Don or Maureen, these are the people I have to work with in order to get something done. I have about 15 people on my list, 15. And the name changed from time to time. Under my name, I have the most tasks. Yeah. (laughs) But I have some other colleagues there. I have seven tasks or so, but small baby, baby tasks. But I spend time on writing this list, but I have only one list. And that's, that's great. Yes. Yes. That's really inspiring. I like the idea of just focusing on the list itself because I think the list, it is kind of a reflection of you, you know, and just spending some good quality time with your list. There's something to be said about that. And so I appreciate that, Stella. Great idea there. You know, and I think that's a good mental health tip too, you know, about getting out and talking to people and not being siloed, especially those of us who work from home or work in a hybrid environment, it can be really easy to get siloed out, you know, because you're in this space and you forget to talk to people. 
And it's kind of hard to go through a whole day and not actually talk to somebody. Excellent. Thank you for that, Stella. Anyone else want to share something about, you know, how are you working with yourself? How are you taking care of you? One thing that I'll share, just getting back to that, having like all these different places where I have different lists. Okay. <laughs> because I do have the list that I keep like right on my desk. And those are, I found are all of my work tasks. And I kind of break those up a week at a time. And then I look at last week, as I said, you know, on Friday here, I'll go through and start next week's list. But then I find that when it comes to the personal things, I have my lists in a lot of different places. And one thing that I found for that, and I used to berate myself for having like the list at my desk. And then I have the list on my phone that I just keep on my iPhone's list. But then I found that I needed those because my personal things, I often need to reference when I'm not at home where I have a piece of paper in front of me, et cetera. So I've kind of given myself a little bit of latitude here for having the different systems, but I still need to pare it down because I have the Microsoft task list that I have that for things that I work on with my team, but then I also handwrite some of those things down onto my personal paper, et cetera. But at least now I'm looking at for my personal things, I'm keeping those on my phone. So no matter where I happen to be, I can look at that and I don't have to wait until I get home because by the time I get home, I've been distracted and then Mm -hmm. I won't look at that list. I agree. And I think there's something to be said about having that ecosystem. So if you are in the Apple ecosystem, and I do that too, Carol Ann, is I use the notepad constantly on my phone, especially if I'm going to conferences or something, or if I see a book in a bookstore, I'll take a picture of it and save it to my notes list. You know, so I'm constantly using that. And if you have an ecosystem, like an Apple ecosystem, then my iPhone talks to my iPad and I can always go back and forth. And I just realized, I don't know why I just now realized it, but I do have the uh, GoodNotes app on my phone. And for some reason, habit always takes me to the notepad. And so now I need to train myself to use the GoodNotes app. So that way my notes are literally talking to each other. Great. I need to look into that. Good notes. I've written that down. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, it's fabulous. I think I pay for it, but it's not much, especially if you have a really good like Apple Pencil, Apple Pencil. Another thing, you think about productivity, you think about the tools that you use to help you get things done. And I don't know, I've got a stack of, I've got a stack of these little things, you know, of writing implements that I didn't use until I finally broke down and spent the money to get an Apple pencil. And it's like having a beautiful piece of machinery in my hands, you know, so it writes just like a pen. It writes just like a pencil. It feels very, very natural. And it encourages you to use it. That again goes with, you know, that whole ecosystem, that Apple ecosystem, you know, but not to say anything against the Android system. I'm just not that familiar with it. So I'm sure you guys have your own systems that make that work. Absolutely. Rocketbook's the same way. Rocketbook will sync with Evernote. So if any of you are Evernote users, Rocketbook will sync with Evernote. Again, you've got a system there that allows your notes to talk to each other. And I use Evernote a lot. Evernote is sort of my final resting place for all ideas. So I'll work through pieces of paper or notepads or whatever for certain ideas But once I make a decision on an idea, it goes to Evernote. So that way, that's the final keeper 
of where all of my stuff lives. Again, we've got these pieces. For me, you've got Evernote, you've got GoodNotes. I have you know, my iPad, Notepad, I have all of these things. So now it's just a matter of making that ecosystem work, work for you rather than against you. Don, you said something interesting. Oh, is Maureen. You talked about three pieces of eight and a half by five paper, et cetera, et cetera. So walk me through that. What was, what was that? Oh, sorry. It should be eight and a half by 11. So it's time bound by the 15 minutes. It's to write it out by hand because there's a connection between your brain and then physically writing something out. And it's to take the whole first page and like write out three things you're grateful for that day or things that have happened. So that's getting your mindset into gratitude and into a positive mindset. And then the next two pages, and I usually have one that's like personal and one that's like work stuff. And it's just to like, again, get out of my head. What's on my mind? What are those things that are top of mind that, you know, spill out? And then I can look at them and go, okay, that's what I need to focus on today. And now I can develop the plan for getting this done. After I do them, I highlight them in yellow so I can see on the page like what's yellow and what still is to be done and when I was doing that and more consistently it definitely helped because I just was I was more focused and again it's about getting it out of my head so that all that overthinking and all of that churn and everything the open loops that are disrupting sleep all of that it just gets it out so then I can make the plan and feel kind of in control of it I like that idea just to read this out loud. So there were three pieces of eight and a half by 11. Set a timer for 15 minutes in the morning before you start on your work day. And then on the first page, write out the three things you're grateful for. So that's in that original 15 minutes. Yes, it's all in the 15 minutes, but you should start with the gratitude. I like that. But I just wanted to capture this because I think this is really helpful because I wake up and maybe that's where authors and writers do this a lot, where they keep that notepad by their bed you know, so as soon as they wake up, it becomes that brain dump space. And I think that there's something to that because I'm walking around the house. I'm just putting my own self into that space. As I'm walking around the house with a cup of coffee, all of these things are swirling in my head. And it would just be really helpful just to have something just that, let's get all of this, whatever it is, out of my head and onto a piece of paper. And then maybe there's something within that brain dump that I can take action on today or put that on a to-do list for later. And now your brain is empty and it's it's ready to start. So I really like that morning. And I really like that it's time constrained. So it's like 15 minutes. Don't spend two hours doing this, right? And spend 15 minutes doing this. That's really helpful. Yeah, I have it marked and blocked on my calendar as like morning musings and gratitudes. So I have it blocked for 30 minutes, but so within that 30 minutes, the 15 minute uh is there. Well, and I think that also leads to another another point that I'd like to make, which is scheduling blocks of time in your calendar. Do you block out times in your calendar for meetings with yourself? Yeah, I've been blocking out chunks on my calendar for a while. I had a huge project a few years back that had some really big tasks that were very narrowly time constrained every quarter. And so I started chunking out time where people could not schedule meetings with me because those tasks had to be accomplished no matter what. You know, it was financial reports that, you know, have to be turned in and to the government. And so like, there was no give on those, but it was really good because it really started me in the habit of chunking out time on my calendar for project work. And 
it's been really useful for me because what I discovered was that when I don't have a lot of meetings on my calendar, I think I have all the time in the world to get things done. But once I start chunking it out, it's like, oh crap, I don't have enough time to get all this done. Even though I don't have any meetings, like, oh, I've got to take a step back and reconsider, you know, my workload this week or next week. I did recently discover that I could in, we use the G Suite and I could create a second calendar for my project work that overlays on my regular calendar so that not everybody sees all the project time that I'm checking out. But if there is something that is time bound that has those time constraints, then I will chunk that out and make myself busy on my regular calendar so people don't schedule over that. That's a great idea. Great idea. And I like the idea of, of having a project calendar that kind of overlays on top of that. I really do like that idea. I might try that because I, I've got the G Suite. So I have that capability of, of doing that. So I think that that would be really helpful to be able to kind of see, you know, where projects are aligning with what you do, you know, your regular meetings and where that all fits with each other. So I like that. And I don't think that we spend enough time, you know, thinking about scheduling meetings with ourselves, you know, thinking time, reflection time. I don't know why, because this was something that I, I used to do a while back and I, I still try to do it. And I know that there's, you've got organizations that have open calendars where anyone can grab time on your calendar, which just blows my mind every time I hear that. I'm like, no, keep your grubby hands off my calendar. That's my calendar. You have to ask permission before you grab time. But I know that that's there, which is why it becomes super important for you to block off time, you know, and call it whatever you want. You know, call it a productivity meeting or whatever it is. So that way it feels important to somebody who might be reading it if they have the ability to read it. But at least it's something that is allowing you to level set your day, right? I went to something at work, which was about thinking in terms of like technology being one of your coworkers. And so what can you delegate to your technology coworker? And we do have, I mean, within the Microsoft suite, it's Viva, so it can block focus time. It blocks focus time on my calendar, like in two hour chunks. I think you can set the parameters, but in two hour chunks, and then I color code them. So I can tell when I look at my Outlook calendar, okay, that's my focus time. And it automatically sets like all the settings to like, do not disturb, you know, private. And only those who I've designated or in my like close circle can even like chat or anything would get through during those times. So that's helped tremendously on the project work and everything mm -hmm. else. But even Dawn, when you mentioned like the calendar and the overlay, that's almost like your technology coworkers taking care of you, making sure that like, you know, you have that time set aside and, and planned for thinking. And then also when you'd said that there's a great book called Orbiting the Giant Hairball by Gordon McKenzie. And it's about how we use our creative energy. So the hairball is like the organization. It's a collection of all this stuff. And it's about not getting sucked into that, using the good parts of the organization, but being outside of it so you can still use your creative energy for things. And so he talks about, you know, when you looked at like cows and they're out in the field and they look like they're doing nothing. They're just standing around grazing. But that's really when the creation of the milk is happening. So what looks like nothing to the outside observer is really when things are happening. So for me, I was like, when I had creative things I knew I needed to do, that is when I would work from home. 
because I'm like, okay, I need to be where nobody sees me. So they don't walk by and think I'm doing nothing. I'm thinking I'm in my mind or I'm spreading stuff out. Like it's to get away from eyes who misinterpret being still as doing nothing. Wow. What a great analogy that is. I have never thought about it like that, but you're right. Just because it appears as though you're doing nothing doesn't mean you're doing nothing. There's even things that happen within our body when we're sleeping. It's not that we're not doing nothing. We're processing information from the day. We're storing things into our long-term memories. There are things that are happening. That is a really good point. And I think that, again, it leads to the importance of scheduling time for yourself, wherever that may be. And Heather, I saw your note here about power naps in the afternoon. I'm with you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't know where we got that there's something wrong with taking this break in the afternoon, whether it's for a power nap or for a, a walk or whatever it is. I was really fortunate for a while to work at a company that had a really nice campus and you could take walks onto campus. You know, there were trees and all sorts of things around there and you could take that sort of mental break. And now I just arrange my schedule around that. I don't take a meeting until nine o'clock in the morning or later because I know myself, I need that morning to plan or process information and have some coffee or something. I'm not mentally awake enough to deal with people's problems until after nine o'clock in the morning, you know, but then it's also taking a break in the afternoon. So I take a break in the afternoon and that's either for creativity purposes or walking the dog or whatever, but it's that sort of solo work or that internal work that you need to do. And then meetings again after three. I try to break down my day by my energy. And I know it's hard if you are, you know, working in a corporation, it's a little harder to sort of manage a schedule like that. But maybe there are steps that you can do that can help with that, with what, you know, Maureen is saying, what Heather is saying here. Yes, in the wintertime. Thank you, Heather. In the wintertime, we should have this conversation again come January or February when we're all in the deep, dark depths of gray skies and cold weather. Because I bet the way we work is different in the wintertime than it is in the summertime, mentally. That might be an interesting experiment. Yeah, and knowing when, yeah, when you are the most and least productive. I guess that just comes with age. I know it did with me. When I was younger, I tried to do all the things for all the people all the time. And then you find yourself getting exhausted. And now, as I'm older, I'm a little bit more protective of my time and trying not to work until midnight, which is really easy to do if you work from home. All right, so as we come up, we're up at the top of the hour already. This time always flies so much. Are there any parting tips? Think about either the tip that you got from our conversation today and you want to reemphasize that or a tip that you're holding in the back of your head that you hadn't had a chance to share, but maybe something triggered it and you want to share it now. Oh, all these suggestions coming in. I love it. Setting goals and boundaries. Focus on gathering tools, rocket book and toggle, avoid multitasking. Yeah, we think we multitask, we do not. That just means that something else just goes by the wayside. Calendar overlays, exploring Google Tasks. I'll tell you, Google Tasks is a lifesaver for me. So if you have the ability to do that, do it. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, such great ideas coming in here through the chat. And I appreciate everybody being generous with their time and generous with their ideas. And so on that note, I'm going to wish you guys a great weekend. Hopefully you've got plans. Anybody special plans this weekend? 
Well, we know Don, you're going to clear off your, <laughs> you're going to clear off some of your clutter. I don't know if that's exciting, but it's certainly important. We'll say that. It's necessary because I'm going out of town for a month. So, oh, oh, going anywhere interesting? I'm going to be working from Florida for a month. <gasps> and I, Where? and it sounds exciting, but right now it's like 95 and 95% humidity. So I'm really not looking forward to it. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. My hair is kind of an indication of where we're at right now in Florida and it's uh, storming every day. So. Oh, yeah, it's Welcome. the nasty weather. This is the equivalent of like, think about peak winter season up north. Yeah. This is Florida's equivalent right now. So right. yeah, I'm not looking forward to it at all. <laughs> Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, hopefully you'll have some good days. Yes. <laughs> what am I got? I'm going to get into the garden this weekend. I've got... Thank you, everyone, for hanging with us for another Learning Rebels Coffee Chat. Okay, today, productivity ecosystems. Yes, I took a big swing away from the learning and development typical topics that we discuss. But I thought it was time to really have a conversation about how we are managing our stress levels. If we are burnt out, then what? We can't produce our most creative work if we are sitting in our offices or in our homes being stressed and overwhelmed. So the big takeaway today, we have got to start tracking our time and we have to start determining the 80-20 of that. So remember the 80-20 rule. Are we putting in the most effort on those things that generate the largest impact? So now what I'd like you to do is drop on down to the show notes and download the productivity challenge. It's something really simple about what you can do in the next month to take care of yourself and to manage your work stress, right? We wanna be kinder to our mental health and to where we are going. So. If you want to join us live, and you know you do, go on over to learningrebels.com and sign on up. In the meantime, stay curious, be rebellious, and take over the world. Bye for now.